You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's cool fact of the day is that glucose, which is a form of sugar, the one that your body prefers to burn in, uh, in its mitochondria, it helps to shuttle fructose, which is that fruit sugar, or stuff found in high fructose corn syrup, um, across your intestinal wall. So if you eat a large amount of fructose, the way we used to tell diabetics to, actually the way the American Diabetic Association still tells diabetics to do, even though it's incredibly harmful, but if you eat a large amount of fructose without the glucose, it can cause you to get disaster pants. What's happening there is the fructose can't make it across enough, so your body's like, got to get this stuff out of here. Let's evacuate it as soon as possible. So that said, why would you want to put a lot of fructose in your body anyway, given that fructose raises your triglycerides in a very meaningful way? It contributes to fatty liver, and it's one of the strongest agents that causes advanced glycation end products which is basically aging of the tissues where the fructose sticks to your proteins permanently and sits there and makes free radicals, creates oxidative stress. This is why I tell you, you know what? Fruit tastes delicious, but fruit is dessert. Fruit is not a vegetable, which is why fruit and vegetable is not a single word. So fruit is one of those things you eat sparingly and you keep your fructose to under 25 grams, hopefully substantially under that on a daily basis. Sorry, I want fruit to be a health food too, but it isn't. It's a dessert. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words, 
What it is though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Sitting next to me today is Dr. Mark Atkinson, the Bulletproof Medical Director and the leader of Bulletproof Coaching. We sit here and before the show, we go through all the social media posts and all the other ways that people submit questions that they'd like to hear us ask on Bulletproof Radio. And then we pick some really, really good ones and then we answer them here. And if we don't answer your question, that's okay because there is the Bulletproof Forums, forum.bulletproof.com, sorry, forum.bulletproofexec.com is where you can go for that. And if we don't get to your question today, there are literally thousands and thousands of other people who live Bulletproof who will sit down and answer your questions and help you figure out whatever your biohacking challenge is. It's an amazing community and I'm, I'm grateful it's there. So check out Bulletproof Training Institute or forum.bulletproofexec.com and let's get going with questions from our audience, Dr. Mark. Okay, so uh, question number one comes from uh, Dr. Catherine Zagoni. Hi, I'm Dr. Catherine Zagoni. Hi, Dave. We're so excited to be here. And my question for you is if it were your last day on earth, what would you eat? Wow. You know, I think there's a sizable number of people who, who would think about this and be like, Girl Scout cookies and Skittles and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're Oreos or something. But I don't think that, that that's what I would do. Uh, I would probably eat uh, some grass-fed rack of lamb. I, I'm a huge fan of that. Mm. This stuff is so good. Uh, there would definitely be bulletproof coffee, very, very dark chocolate. because I really like those things. Uh, I like the taste of red wine, but I don't like how it makes me feel. I'm not wasting mm. part of my last day on earth, like slightly drunk. Mm. That would be a waste of time. So I would probably skip the red wine. Uh, I would, let's see, I would probably eat uh, something like a, a cherry turnover because what the hell, you might as well have some gluten. I don't crave them at all, but I, that used to be one of my favorite foods. It'd be kind of cool to eat it again, right? Uh, and probably some sort of really, really good, like rich, dark chocolate ice cream mm. or something like that. I, I have get some ice cream, uh, but it might be interesting to try this stuff with dairy again, but I'd want to eat that like right at the end of the day because it's really not worth mm. <laughs> the impact of milk. So if I could backload the mm. stuff at the end of the day that's like really kryptonite food that might taste good, it'd be kind of cool to do that, but I don't miss any of those foods. I'd pretty much do, eat what I do today. Uh, my favorite vegetable might would be probably a good quality asparagus. I really like that. Uh, mashed cauliflower bacon from Bulletproof the Cookbook would absolutely be there. This stuff is ridiculously good. Uh, and I think I'd be pretty full after that. Uh, what else? Yeah, that's a pretty good list. I'd, I'd feel pretty satisfied if I did that. What about you, Mark? Kind of a good question. And you know what struck me was that I wouldn't change much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I just, you know, there's, there's two parts to eating for me. There's, there's just eating great food that just makes you feel great and eating with people that you care and love with. So if it's my last day, you know, my wish would be I'd be with my children, my wife, would be sitting down together. That's part of the joy of eating. And just eating food that just lifts us and energizes us. You know, I'm my most favorite food is grass-fed kind of burgers. That that for me is what I just yeah. love. Um, I love kind of sweet potato fries, that kind of thing. We do this great kind of coconut chocolate mousse kind of thing with a bit of avocado in there. But that's kind of what we normally eat. Yeah, and, and it's like a daily thing. Yeah, that, that's a daily thing. And and it's just like I think you get the stage in your food where it just matters so much 
it matters because it has such a big impact on the on who you are, the yeah. way you feel. Yeah. And if you can share that joy with your loved ones, I mean, there's nothing better. You know, meal times are just so important for that. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't change that much. So you surprised me with the answer, Mark, because what I really expected you to say <laughs> was, was the flesh of your enemies. And, and <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't even go there. Right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're not your normal angry, yeah. angry. No, I'm kidding. If you ask me 8 o'clock in the morning, I may be a bit different, right? Yeah. Before coffee. <laughs> ah. That's right. No. Um, it, it, it strikes me the same thing where like I have grass fed rack of lamb like uh, probably once a week because we get mm-hmm. our lambs from uh, two houses down. Uh, mm-hmm. Judy raises them for us and they're grass fed and they're delicious. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm going to have lamb on a regular basis, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's what makes me feel amazing. And why would I want to feel crappy on my last day on earth? Yeah. And you know, there's also this little thing about just when you when you with really good food to really slow down and enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and, and you know just kind of eating mindfully and consciously and just taking time to digest it. So I'd want to eat my meal maybe a bit more slowly than normally would. You know, sometimes we get great food in front of us and that makes us feel good, but we rush through it because we move on to the next thing. So maybe if this is our final day, I'd actually just really slow it down, just really enjoy the food, really enjoy the company, and that would be pretty good. There's also this idea of a, of a food high. And, and at the Bulletproof Coffee Shop, we have a full menu with a lot of my favorite meals and we're rotating things from Bulletproof the Cookbook uh, each week into this. And the whole point of, of cooking that way and adding brain octane to the different meals and, and not using inflammatory proteins is that I want you to walk out of there. And the way I do from every meal, we're like, I got a food high from that. Like <laughs> I feel so much like buzzing energy. That I, I, like I literally, I, I'm a little bit high, yeah. not dizzy tripping high, but just yeah. like, like just like full of, of vigor in, in a way that that's it's hard to explain if you've never yeah. felt it. Most people felt it once or twice, like that was a really good meal, but it wasn't the taste of the food. That's part yeah. of it. It should taste good, but there was something else in there and it's getting that something else in there. That's what makes a meal amazing. And you know, for a lot of people and myself included maybe a couple of years ago, what you just said there was like, what you mean you can just have that kind of high after food? Because normally it's like most people eat the food, they feel stuffed, they feel bloated and their energy is pretty low and it doesn't have to be that way. And you don't have to spend a lot of money in making those changes. You just have to add in some extra healthy fats, moderate your protein, kind of you know, remove the processed carbohydrates, you know, the kind of sugar, you know, what we call kryptonite foods, the so foods you're sensitive to. So just some slight, just some slight of hand, add in some kind of brain octane, which um, provides you with an alternative fuel called ketones. And you can change around yeah. the way you feel in your diet pretty quickly. And, and that, for me, when you... When you experience that yourself, you don't have to believe anyone. You have to experience it. So when you experience that, it's a game changer. And then you want that for everyone else because there are way too many people who are tired, who are feeling low, who are operating at a fraction of their potential because they're eating the wrong kind of food. Yep. Um, and so like, you know, when, when you do start to feel great after your food, it's just become such a source of joy. Um, and that's what food really is about. It's about it's a source of joy that empowers you, expands your energy, and you become a better human being. Like when I'm fueled and I'm energized by me, I'm a better person. I'm more effective yeah. at work. I'm a better husband and better dad, all that kind of stuff. So you know, it kind of sounds sometimes trivial, but it, it's core. It's core yeah. to who we are. It, it is. In fact, our next question from Sharon is, is really tied in with what we're talking about. Um, yeah. So uh, Sharon, age 37. Hi, Dave. I discovered your show about three weeks ago, and I'm catching up quickly on all of your previous episodes. Love your work. Could you please do a video, okay, yeah, on what you eat in a day and perhaps more importantly, what Dr. Lana, your wife, eats in a day if that differs to you? 
Yeah, so on the same thing. So I, I hear you. We should do a, a video like that. Like I think there's a video of our refrigerator a while back, and there were a bunch of celebrities that were doing different refrigerators. And ours was boring. It was like butter, meat, and then like three <laughs> shelves of vegetables. Like kind of like my plate. It's covered in vegetables. <laughs> it's got some some meat, and it's got a few other things on it. But it's it's mostly that. And I do bulletproof coffee in the morning every morning. Uh, many days with collagen, some days without. Lana does a smaller amount of bulletproof coffee. She's smaller than I am. Uh, she's uh, in her mid-40s, and she has more protein than I do in the morning. So quite often, she'll have grass-fed sausage from um, a cow that ate grass that grew actually in our front yard. <laughs> we have a local farmer who comes and cuts the, the grass in, in the front of the property and then uses it for his cows, and then we get one of the cows. And so we, she'll do that as sometimes duck eggs or regular pastured eggs. We're very fortunate, both of those, like they're in abundance around us because we live on a 32-acre farm surrounded by other farms. So our food supply is very local and very affordable too. Uh, but you can still do that. So a little bit more protein in the morning, as is common uh, for women. And I write about this in The Bulletproof Diet. If you haven't had a chance to read it, Sharon, uh, The Bulletproof Diet really goes into this in pretty good detail. And then the other thing is, if you go to Bulletproof the Cookbook, the new book that I just did, uh, this book, it, it's, it came out even better than I hoped. Like the photography is amazing, but there's 125 meals in it. That's basically six months of meals. This is what I eat, like exactly what's in that book. And I don't always make you know, duck confit. There, there's some special, uh, maybe more fancy things in there. But the prototypical lunch or dinner is one of two things. It is a salad made very finely chopped or shredded, almost like slaw style, uh, tons of vegetables, not much if any lettuce, because lettuce is kind of a waste of space. Uh, like you don't really get very many nutrients from lettuce. It's mostly water. Uh, and so we'll make the, the salad and then we do something exactly out of the Bulletproof Coffee Shop. It's called the salad undressing. And you actually blend avocado, brain octane, olive oil, salt, spices, and some of whatever's in the salad. Just blend it up until you have this like mushy, creamy, green dressing. Pour it up back on the salad, and you're like, oh, I'm so happy. So you do that, and a little bit of grass-fed meat or fish. Fish that eat grass are really fancy if you can find them, by the way. And then <laughs> we, uh, uh, for dinner or the other meal is oftentimes a soup. And then you steam a bunch of veggies, or you cook them in a little bit of water, and then you throw some of the veggies with butter, Brain octane, salt, spices in the blender, blend them up, dump them back over the rest of the vegetables. And now you have like a creamy, delicious filling soup. You add collagen protein to it. You add grass-fed meat. You add a little bit of bacon, chopped avocado, olives, whatever you like. That's pretty much it. Meat is a moderate amount of the, of the calories from the meal. Fat is most of the calories and vegetables is most of the mass. So you just repeat that cycle over and over and over. Lana eats more carbs than I do because she's a woman and oftentimes women just sleep better with more carbs. So for our evening meal, we're very likely to have butternut squash, sweet potatoes, or white rice, or potentially something called mochi, which is like pounded Japanese rice, which is a little bit more like bread. We pretty much rinse and repeat that model quite a lot. If we're gonna have dessert, we have blueberries that we froze at the height of the season, which is kind of cool since they also grow in the backyard. And those are really delicious. Frozen berries this time of year are usually very low quality and they can actually make you not feel so good, especially like the bulk market kind of berries. I've had so many batches of moldy berries that I quit buying them. If you don't get them at the height of the season where they're very, very fresh, there's a lot of problems with with them. And you know the, the Chinese like vegetables and berries, we avoid those pretty religiously. 
Yeah, you know, just on the barriers side, you know, um, one thing you have to watch with frozen barriers is the, the quality tends to be pretty low and yeah. also the kind of level of pesticides and, on it is really high as well. So sometimes you can think you're doing yourself a favor by maybe having a smoothie with loads of berries inside of it, but actually you're getting this kind of moldy pesticide yeah. high dose and it's not so good. You can't really see the molded berries, but like I've gone to, I won't name them to call them out, but in one of the very large wholesaler kind of markets and you buy these, you know, three pound, five pound bags of berries. I've never had a bag that wasn't moldy. And I, I'm sensitive to mold because I lived in several moldy houses and I'm one of the one in four people who's genetically uh, susceptible to that stuff. So I can feel it when I eat it because it goes to my brain. I'm like, ugh. So I quit doing that. But when I eat berries that are fresh or berries that are frozen during the on season, I'm totally good to go. Like it's just, it, it's they're fine. They're really good for you. So quality really matters when you're going to be doing stuff like that. Same thing goes with sweet potatoes. You, you get the kind oh, of yeah. mangy looking sweet potato. Oh, you, you should expect to feel like crap if you eat that thing. They should look good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and when you peel it, if it's all black and weird underneath it, actually don't just cut out the black spots. Probably just toss it. Mm. You'll be all right. And you can do this thing. Um, and I'm sure you may got the same thing, Dave, where um, when you're shopping, just take a moment to be present to the vegetables or fruit you're about to buy. Take a moment to really look yeah. at it. You know, and look at is there inside the mold? Is it soft? Um, do you energetically get, you know, does it expand your energy? Sometimes you, you look at some vegetables and like your energy just, you know, shifts down, down a couple of gears. So, you, so, so really when you purchase it, you can think, wow, I'm doing great. I'm eating all these uh, vegetables yeah. and some fruit and it's all great. And, and that can be good. But I think there's a whole nother level where you pay real attention to kind of quality and, of course, cooking methods and all the things you talk about in your cookbook. It, it's funny. Animals will do this. You give them a pile of genetically modified corn and a pile of non-genetically modified corn, like nine out of ten times they'll walk up, they'll look at both, and they'll, eat, they'll eat the yeah, fresh stuff. Yeah. They just know. And we just know, too, yeah. but we tell ourselves, shut up. That's not how it is. Yeah. And you yeah. can see this with like a one or a two-year-old, probably up till maybe even three or four. I used to do this with my kids. I'd, we'd cook some vegetables that maybe were a little off. And then you put it in front of them, they're like, I don't want to eat that. Mm-hmm. And you go, no, really, you have to eat your vegetables. Mm-hmm. And then they eat it. And then they're like, ah, I got hives. Ah, you know, babies respond in all sorts of weird mm-hmm. ways. But you see it behaviorally. And you're like, you know what? I'm not feeling very good after that meal either. Like, like those actually mm-hmm. weren't fresh vegetables. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they sense it and then they'll still eat it. But if you tell them, like, don't trust your senses, what it comes down to is if you pick up a piece of food and you're like, I really don't want that, just, okay, don't eat it. Like, yeah. it doesn't make you a good person to eat stuff you don't want to eat. It's okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, next question. Uh, Francis, 52. I suffer periodically from depression and low mood. I was on SSRIs, a type of antidepressant, for six months, but wasn't convinced they helped. Um, do you have any advice? This, this is a tough one. If they didn't help, you need to talk to the doctor who gave them to you and say they didn't help. And it turns out there's probably six different types of depression. And Dr. Amen has done some wonderful writing about this, this kind of problem. Uh, Daniel Amen from Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, who runs the Amen Clinics. Uh, he's been on Bulletproof Radio a couple of times, spoke at the Bulletproof Conference, and was in Moldy, the documentary. But I would say if it's not helping... One of two things is going to be going on. One, it may not be helping. The other one is you may not know whether it's helping. So what you have to do is you have to talk to your best friends uh, or your spouse or your family and people who know you really well and ask if it really helped because you may not have the self-awareness to know that they helped. 
But if no one else can tell that they helped and you don't think they helped, they probably didn't. And you should tell your doctor, I want to titrate off these things. I want to try something else. And that something else may be different meal, different nutritional supplements. And you might want to talk with a functional medicine specialist and certainly do a neurotransmitter test and see if you need to boost your acetylcholine or your dopamine or your low on norepinephrine or something like that. Those are relatively easy to fix, to be honest. For some people, it's as simple as taking some tyrosine or some thyroid hormone in the morning and all of a sudden they're like, holy crap, I got my life back. And that was it, right? That's, that's very interesting. But the source of your depression, the source of your low mood, you need to work on what those are and work with your doctor on this one. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've, uh, at least for the first 10 years in private practice in greater medicine, I work with many people with depression and stress, anxiety. So this is something that I, I really am passionate about as a field because there's so much you can do to help yourself. That's the first thing to realize. You can massively impact the way you feel by making some simple changes. Mm-hmm. And it restarts with diet. A lot of people with depression use a lot of uh, sugar to self-medicate, self-soothe. Yeah. And even what I found is like over the years that coming off um, sugar... Um, and excessive amounts of fruit will lift mood in about 70-80% of people. It, it is for some people who are sugar sensitive, yeah. and, and we're on the spectrum, so at one end you can just take it, leave it, no impact. No other end there's this deep sensitivity to sugar, and it's like you know it kind of hijacks your brain and you get these cravings and mm-hmm. stuff. So coming off sugar is really important. Transitioning to healthier fats, which are the building blocks of the brain and the nervous system as well, really important. Food sensitivities, I see that a lot. Oh my gosh. So you have food that you're sensitive to. Number one way or number two ways it shows up is low energy and low mood as well. So you want to kind of look at your diet. We talked in previous podcasts about um, food intolerance testing. That could potentially be an option for you as well. And then there's other things such as like, you know, uh, learning how to work with stress. You may be adrenally fatigued. Maybe you've been under stress for a prolonged period of time and your adrenal, um, adrenal glands are no longer functioning optimally. It means you have no energy, no motivation. And so, you know, you can have that diagnosed by a functional medicine doctor through some saliva testing, you know, put on some herbs and some vitamins and minerals that may help learning how to work with your stress. Really important. Um, it could also be is like, you know, sometimes depression is relating to the kind of way we live our life. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, I don't know about you, Dave, but if I was stripped away of things that I'm passionate about, and I no longer looked to the week ahead and, and I wasn't excited by that and I felt I wasn't being challenged and there was very little meaning and purpose, then, you know, I could easily tip back into depression. So, we, you know, we are um, creatures that, that need meaning and purpose. We need to be stretched in challenges. Um, and so finding work or hobbies or meaning in your life is really important. That's hard to do when you're tired. So what I tend to find with people with depression is focus on the physical things first. So... Start exercising, move the energy inside of you, improve the health of your diet, come off sugar, add in healthy fats. Um, take some basic nutritional supplements, mm-hmm. and you'll see the list on the bulletproofexec.com. Especially krill oil for, for this. Particularly krill oil, yeah. and you know we know EPA, particularly which is a component of um, omega-3 fatty acids, particularly important for people with depression mm-hmm. as well. Start with the physical first. Attend to your sleep. A lot of people with depression sleep too much. And so if you go into the bad habit of sleeping too much, yeah. so that looks like nine, 10 hours. Wow. It's like you got to, um, what I'd recommend to you is you, you have eight hours maximum, you set your alarm and you won't want to get up, but you get up and you start retraining your brain mm-hmm. um, to sleep the right amount. And, oh, and light exposure, bright lights in the morning, oh, yeah. super important. And yeah. no bright lights at night, that alone can really fix depression really and low mood. Yeah. 
stay away from um, you know kind of TV that is you know uninteresting, uh, overstimulating yeah. TV. Don't, don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> don't listen to podcasts. Whatever you do. Um, and you know, kind of keep good company as well. And you know, if you're you know if you're in a life situation that's very stressful and, and putting you under a lot of pressure, then you're going to have to make changes around that. But start with the physical because mm-hmm. that's the most easy thing to to influence. Um, learn how to work with the emotions and the stress. We cover that in other podcasts as well. Definitely work with a skilled therapist, um, but maybe not a therapist. You know, there's a role for psychological therapy, a huge important role. But sometimes when depression is biological, you can be talking to the cows come home about the past and your childhood and stuff like that, which may or may not be relevant. We don't know. But that may not be the answer to you. Um, Sometimes it's about changing your biology through your diet, by taking the right supplements, engaging meaningful work, and that can kind of lift you out of it. But, um, you know, we kind of wish you well with your recovery and and I hope that's of help to you. Uh, there's two or three other little nuances I, I'd love to add on this mm-hmm. one. Um, one is um, more sex, and uh, that actually really can lift you out of mm-hmm. depression. So mm-hmm. that that's worth considering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is a really cool story from one of the first people who was, was pioneering environmental science. And this guy was taking people and putting them on, and these are people in mental institutions, and putting them on extreme diets, as in things like like white rice and water, like just for 10 days, and put them in very clean rooms with no cigarette smoke. And he found one patient who, when he was exposed to cigarette smoke, thought he was Jesus Christ. Literally, like full-on, like, mm. you know, padded wall kind of kind mm. of scenarios. But after, like, seven, eight days on a diet without allergens mm. and a diet without, or in an environment without physical allergens, he was like, oh, and he was completely normal. So this was a profound so reaction to this. There's another guy, 20 years, huge problems, including depression and anger and irritability and skin conditions. And he ran out of aftershave and got better. Wow. <laughs> it was the fragrance in his aftershave that was causing this whole life to be wrecked. So sometimes there are these triggers that you wouldn't think of. And it's your job to, to play a hacker and just be like, how do I get control of this? Why was today an awesome day? What happened an hour, a day, two days, three days, four days, five days, a week? 10 days before I hit a low a low mm. move, what could it have been and how do I pull myself out of it really quickly when I feel it happening? Mm. How do I ask for help? Like those are things that are really important. There is a cause of this happening and now mm. I'm going to say something that's going to piss everyone off and it's your fault. Mm. <laughs> it's your fault, not because you did anything wrong. It's your fault because you do have control of it even if you haven't figured out the levers. So it's your job to work with your care providers to figure this out so you have control of your own biology. Like that's fundamental to biohacking. All of us have control, and unfortunately, we lost the instruction manual. We, we weren't born with it, but we should have been, and there is control for every one of these things. So I have, I have absolute faith that you have the ability and that we as a species have the knowledge in order to help you connect the dots so that you can completely own your mood and you can feel the way you want to feel. You know, and that's empowering. And you know what it is? Like once you hack the issue you have, because you know, we've all had different issues, yeah. Then you pass it on. Totally. That's what the kind of being part of the Earth community is. Is like you're here to work through your own challenges. Then from what you learn, pass it on to help other people. One final thing. I could talk about depression for a while, but if you are drinking alcohol at nighttime, please do not drink alcohol for a good number of weeks because that ruins your quality of sleep. Um, and you know, a lot of people drink it to feel good, mm-hmm. but that could be in the way as well. So we Ooh, wish you well. Yeah. Alcohol affects your GABA B receptor. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the things that is tied with depression. Like your GABA receptors are things that cause neuroinhibition. They help you go to sleep. You can take GABA, the amino acid, 
but uh, alcohol does things that they, we didn't recognize around what it does uh, specifically to that pathway that could be affected. Okay. All right, let's move on. Okay, Janelle, age 28. Hi, Dave. My husband suffers from long bouts of chronic sinusitis. This last one has lasted so far about three months and has been characterized by sinus headaches, frontal sinus pressure, and fatigue, especially exacerbated by physical activity <laughs> or working out. I already know this one. Keep going. Yeah. He had the balloon sinoplasty, so do I. Two years ago, with some great success, however, he had a bout of acute sinusitis several months ago that he just hasn't been able to completely recover from. We've tried everything we can think of, sinus rinses, uh, antibiotics, um, xylitol rinses, allergy medications, natural supplements like bromelain, oregano oil, you name it, all to no avail. We both eat a paleo type of diet with some dairy and are exploring removing all dairy and eggs as potential inflammatory triggers. Is there anything else you can recommend? All right. First thing I recommend you do is you go to Moldy Movie. That's M-O-L-D-Y movie.com and you watch Moldy. It's a documentary. I filmed it. Your husband either lives or works in a moldy environment. Based on the severity, I would guess he lives in it. Your house probably has water damage from condensation, flooding, roof leaks, or a pinhole leak in a pipe somewhere. It's probably in your bedroom. Look in your closet. (laughs) And people have chronic sinusitis when it won't go away, like I did. For 15 years straight, I was on antibiotics every month for either strep throat or after they pulled my tonsils out when I was 16, then it became chronic sinusitis and it would never quite go away. I was literally five days away from having the rotor-rooter surgery where they they go in when I uh, read a book called Sinus Survival that at least taught me how to wash my sinuses out. And one of the things you can do as a short-term thing, other than getting rid of your moldy house, and we're going to tell you how to fix that in a minute, um, you can do this this thing. It sounds gross, but it's relatively simple. You take a bowl of hot, but not hot enough to burn you, water. You mix in a teaspoon or two of sea salt and one to five drops of Lugol's iodine. Any iodine will do, but Lugol's is best. Stir it all up. Don't use a chopstick. It'll absorb all the iodine. So you want to stir it up with a metal or a glass stirrer. Then, this is going to sound gross, but it's not that bad. Set it next to the sink, and then play dippy bird. Remember those dippy bird things where the bird would dip down and, and drink the water and then dip up and then dip down? If you don't remember that, bend at the waist. Do not tip your head back. You need to have your eyes looking straight at the floor, and you stick your whole face into that, that bowl of water. Blink your eyes three times. The iodine and the salt is going to sterilize around your eyes. It's going to kill all the microbes that are around your eyes. And then, this is where it sounds gross. It's not so bad. You take a deep breath. You go through the nose. Yes, you drink the water through your nose like a straw. Instead of going down your throat and making you hurl, which is what normal people would do, because you're forward so much, the water drains through your eustachian canal and you fill your mouth with water. And then when your mouth is full, you spit the water out and you do it two or three more times. You are doing way more than you could with irrigating your sinuses with a neti pot or something like that because you have suction involved. This is an old yogic technique. I used to do that 10 times a day until I got over my sinus infections. But the root cause here... There is something going on in your environment that's triggering this. It's probably fungal, and it may not even be a bacterial infection in the sinuses. It could easily be fungal. In fact, I know several sinus specialists who just say it's always fungal when it's chronic. So I would consider going on fluconazole, which you have to work with a doctor to get. This is an antifungal medication, and you've got to get this test of your house to address your house and see if it's a house or workplace or maybe your car or gym, but it's probably, given his severity, it's, it's probably the house, not the workplace. You can get go to a local mold inspector, 
and you can say, I want to get an ERMI test. That's E-R-M-I. If you don't have a local mold inspector uh, or if it's too expensive, you can get a test called MyERMI. That's M-Y-E-R-M-I.com. And I've been working with that company and I, I want ERMI tests to be much more affordable. What they're going to do is they're going to go in, not MyERMI, but the mold inspector will, or you can do it yourself with the do-it-your-home thing. And what you do then is is you go in and you get an air sample from your bedroom, from your kitchen, from your living room, and you get an air sample from outside and you test the relative amount of mold. One of the houses where I used to live had 88 times more penicillium toxic mold in the kitchen than it did outside. That house was making me, in fact, my whole family very, very ill and we just didn't know it. Leaky dishwasher caused it. So this isn't your fault, isn't his fault. And it's normal, Janelle, that you may not feel this, but your husband does. What gives us away, especially, is he has this profound fatigue that goes with it, and he has it exacerbated by working out. So he's developed basically exercise intolerance. He probably has completely exhausted adrenals, and he's dealing with these toxins that his body deals with differently than yours, and you, you got to figure out what's going on in your environment because uh, this can turn on autoimmunity for the rest of your life. It can trigger food allergies that you didn't have before, including specifically dairy and wheat allergies. This is a major thing, but you have every sign of toxic mold in your environment and you need to deal with it. Yeah, you know, when I read this question first time, I was very concerned because yeah. it's like, yeah. wow, you know, you're right on the edge there. Yeah. Um, because this is classic kind of mold allergy. It's a fungal infection. You do need to work with a very skilled integrative functional medicine doctor because you need to be on antifungals. That's an important part of it. But everything you just shared there is spot on. Uh, thanks, uh, Dr. Mark. And, uh, uh, yeah, I just can't say that enough. Like when I hear that 15 years, like, you know what that does to your gut to take antibiotics that much know, yeah. and then to not have it get better. Like, like it, it's yeah. time. And I would bet too, he gets nosebleeds on occasion too, because yeah. with that level of response, it's not because yeah. there's an infection there. It's because your ability to make collagen goes down as your body uses up your glutathione. So like, this is bad news. And it's, the good thing is now, you know, yeah, that's it. Okay. Tracy, age 45. I'm recently diagnosed with both MTHFR mutations. We'll explain what that is in a moment. I saw your interview with Dr. Lynch. Great job. But I was wondering, with all that said, can I drink bulletproof products such as the coffee? Is the bulletproof diet appropriate for me? I assume so. It sounds like you guys are on the same page on health, but didn't want to do anything to backslide as my health is just starting to get better. Thanks in advance. Why don't you define the MTHFR, Absolutely. right? And certainly, yeah. we've talked about it before, but why don't you define that for everyone listening? Yeah. And then uh, let's let's talk about the question of, you know, is the bulletproof diet appropriate for me? And, and, yeah. and we can go in on that. So Okay, so um, MTHFR, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase, it's a very specific enzyme found in every single cell of your body. It is hugely important because it catalyzes something called methylation. Methylation is a chemical process that takes one molecule, converts it into another, often more useful molecule. If you have a problem with that enzyme, it's called a genetic variant, there's over 50 different types of them, the efficiency with which that enzyme works is significantly compromised. Certain variants are worse than others. How that shows up is problems with cellular repair problems with detoxification. So you're going to be, if you have this variant problem, you're going to be overreacting to the exposure to mold, to allergies, to perfumes, to other senses. We also need it to build neurotransmitters as well. So if you have this variant, you'll have problems with mood regulation as well. 
awareness amongst health professionals, maybe just over the last couple of years, is starting to go up. Yeah. And there's much more testing. I think 23andMe, they will test for some of the genetic variants as but well. The, they won't tell you if you have it, but the data's there. That's right. They'll give you the raw data, and then you can plug it into other websites that yeah. will tell you whether it's present or not. So the question is, can I drink Bulletproof products such as the coffee? There's a really straightforward way to tell that, and, it, and you got to try it, right? If you drink the coffee and it completely zombifies you, well, then no. But my guess is that it's going to help. And if you do a search for you know, mitochondrial function coffee, do a search for uh, even some of the methylation pathways in, in coffee, uh, there's data out there. So I don't worry too much about coffee when people have MTHFR mutations. What I'm concerned about, though, is are you getting methylated vitamins? Are you That's taking the coenzyme A B vitamins? Because whether you're eating the world's best diet or not isn't really going to make a difference if your pathways are backed up. If you can't use the sulfur in your protein because you have transsulfation pathway issues, it's, it's not going to work. So then there are specific forms of nutrients that can unlock those pathways or keep them unlocked. That said, if you go on the Bulletproof diet, it's a low inflammation diet. It's got lots of fat, which doesn't require the, those pathways to detoxify, uh, especially the, the brain octane oil. Like it's not going to it's not going to have an MTHFR pathway problem because it's a fat and because of the way it metabolizes. So that said, you may have an issue with butter in Bulletproof coffee. A very small percentage of people do, which is why I talk about using ghee if you're super sensitive to the very, very small amounts of dairy proteins that are present in, in cultured butter. So there's no way to say, can I drink it or can I not drink it? The answer is you probably can and you'll probably feel better. But you don't know until you try it. And you could try two weeks on and try two weeks off and, and see what the difference in the quality of your life is. I think I know what the answer is going to be, <laughs> uh, especially because you have the mutations. You're going to want the energy from it, mm. not the caffeine stimulation energy, but the brain octane energy that comes from it. And the Bulletproof Diet, there are lots of people, including me, who use the Bulletproof Diet who have uh, uh, pathway mutations in MTHFR. So I, I would say you got to give it a shot, but there is no guarantee. The whole middle of the Bulletproof Diet infographic is suspect foods, and you got to know which ones make you weak, which ones make you strong. You may have more foods that make you weak than make you strong. You could also just get a blood test to start avoiding those so you can get your inflammation down so you can get your pathways running again. Yeah, so make sure you listen to the podcast interview between Dave and Dr. Lynch because you'll learn yeah. a lot more about MTHFR yeah. there. Read around the subject. It's fascinating once you really get into it. It affects such a lot of people. Make sure you take the methylated form of B12 and folate as well. And this is interesting too. You may be listening to this going, you know, like I, I'm, a, I'm a triathlete, I, I'm, I'm a senior executive, whatever. Like I don't have this. Actually, have you been tested? Did you spend $99 to get your 23andMe and another 10 bucks to get someone else to look at the data and tell mm -hmm. you if you have this? Because if you, you're bulletproof, you, actually, you're probably not. <laughs> I, I go back to when I was getting my MBA at Warden and working full-time at a startup that sold for about $600 million in value. And so I, kicking ass in my career, making it through Warden. <laughs> I can't say I kicked ass there, but I, I graduated. And I did a brain scan with Dr. Amen at the time of Dr. Amen's technology. And they said, Dave, inside your brain is total chaos. And I had like two pages of pathological findings in my brain. And the, the psychiatrist who looked at the report said, Dave, I have no idea how you're even standing here in front of me. Like, like you have the best camouflage I've ever seen. Inside your brain is total chaos, direct mm. quote. And I was just like, well, that explains a few things because I'm really struggling here. But okay, I'm really struggling. Dude, top three school mm. in, in the United States and a startup that was very, very successful, okay? 
well, if my brain looked like that and I had that level of success, and you're like, well, I'm feeling pretty good, I'm feeling pretty successful, so therefore there's nothing wrong with me, right. What's going on here is you have some things that are kryptonite in your life, everyone does, you just haven't identified them. There's a structured approach you can do to do that. You can work with a bulletproof coach. You can read the stuff here. And yeah, spend 100 bucks on your 23andMe because it'll be cool to know what percent Neanderthal you are. 4.5% for me, by the way. And on top of that, you can figure out whether maybe you are more likely to have a problem with certain foods because of this. And so it's, it's, just, it's, it's information. It makes you stronger. It's not just for people who are sick. You know, uh, when I first realized I had the genetic variant was I had my homocysteine level checked. So if you have the genetic variant, sometimes your homocysteine level is too high. That's a problem. It's a toxic, irritating yeah. amino acid. It correlates with cardiovascular disease and stroke. Mine was 13. Should be under 9. How come? I'm a pretty healthy guy. I was doing the right things. Turns out I have the MTHFR genetic variant, mm-hmm. and I was on the wrong type of supplements. So that's information to me. And the thing, you know, I was listening to you there, and I thought, wow, you know, I bet there's a whole bunch of people who say, you know, oh, yeah, I feel okay. I'm doing okay. But you know what it is? It's like, if you have these things, they are stopping you from living your full potential. Exactly. And you may be really good at compensating for these innate inadequacies that are holding you back. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be no. hard work. That's the whole thing. Like One of the big things behind Bulletproof is I struggled so much, like yeah. every ounce of energy to do what I was doing. Yeah. And it was, it's not supposed to be like that. I, I didn't know ever in my life till I, I started biohacking, like, oh my God. Like, I can actually have energy all day long. I can have energy to bring it, to do all the things I want to do, and I don't have to struggle to do it. I still have, I work really hard. Yeah. But there's a difference between struggling mm. and, and barely making it and being like, mm. you know what? I, I worked really hard today. I did it, and I'm satisfied, and mm. I'm not going to just like, okay, now I have to crash, and then you're That's gone. That's right. Yeah, there's right. none of that. I don't yeah. do that like I did. Yeah, yeah. So if you're just listening to this and thinking, you know, if you have to work really, really hard every single day, that tells me there's a whole bunch of things that are not right in your biology, your psychology, your environment. Yep. And if you pay attention to those, take time out to rethink, okay, what is affecting me? How can I take charge of that? How can I influence that? Then you're going to shift into a much more healthy, sustainable way of being where you have sustained energy. And it's just like then your passion, your energy just fuels you in what you do, but there's no negative consequence to it. The use, because like you can perform really well at work, but then the consequence is you have no energy left for your relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, or for your hobbies or friends or whatever it may be. So you can have all of that if you take charge of your biology. And that's that's what I'm really exciting about in this kind of field, which is just like, listen, you know, we need information. That's what these tests are about. It gives us more information, it empowers us to make decisions, and then you've got to hang out with other people. That's why being part of the bulletproof community is great. Well, being a bulletproof coach is great, because you're hanging out with other people who get you, who get that you make this a priority. Um, because a lot of people look at this stuff and say, you know, this is just crazy stuff. You know, what, what is this all really all about? But you know what? It matters because this brings out the best in people. And it does not have to be hard. Okay, I'm on my Amen, Amen, brother. Let's do it. Okay. All right, let's, let's move on to the last question we have today. Okay, so the next question is from Lisa. She is age 48. Hi, Dave. I have two teenage daughters, 14 and 16. They are both athletes, basketball is it safe to encourage them to drink the bulletproof coffee in the morning? Neither a fan of eggs or any other protein apart from yogurt, but they continue to eat whole wheat toast for breakfast. Or can you recommend something that I subtly suggest they do for the morning routine to keep them bulletproof like me? Thank you. I'm a big fan and thoroughly enjoying your book. Oh, th- thanks, Lisa. Is it safe for them to have bulletproof coffee? Yes, it's mm. safe for teenagers to have bulletproof coffee. Coffee is 
an adaptogenic herb. It it's <laughs> it's safer than Tylenol, and it's not a drug. Uh, so people have this this kind of fear of coffee in kids, uh, almost like it's alcohol. But when you look at the effects of coffee on kids, all of the the real negative ones from we're talking small doses, like like a, a normal sized cup of coffee. All of the effects of of coffee like that 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 have, have been talked about are from anti-coffee product companies like 100 years ago. Postum had this drink. In fact, they still make it. And it's very common in Utah today still. And it's like burned grains that kind of look like coffee. And they're saying, coffee stunts your children, makes you weak, makes you infertile, makes you angry, makes you hate your whole family and, and all this stuff. And it's just like a history of bad marketing. And there wasn't data to support that. Uh, kids handle a cup of coffee in the morning just fine. Don't give it to them at night. And here's the reason you might want to consider doing this uh, for some teenagers. Okay, number one, they're not eating any protein except yogurt, which is mostly sugar anyway, and probably it's low-fat yogurt if they're like most kids, and they're eating whole wheat toast for breakfast. Yikes. So they're setting themselves up to not have all the nutrients or fats or energy that their brain needs all day long. So I guarantee you they go to school, and then at the 10 o'clock break, they have cinnamon rolls, uh, candy bars or whatever the heck else junk food their their school supplies. So they're already setting themselves up for this. That also leads to behavioral disorders. And mm. this is important. It gives them acne. Okay. We just hit on number one trigger for teenagers. Mm. Seriously, you eat that crap for breakfast. You should expect to look like a pimply teenager. You'll never get a date again. And probably your boobs will shrink. I'm just telling you, this is what happens. I'm sorry. I didn't make this up. This is true. Is this not true, Dr. Mark? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on this. It's, it's also, I'm thinking, well, it's like you say to your kids, do you want more energy? Do you want your skin to look more, more uh-huh. beautiful? You know, do you want to feel good throughout the day? Well, listen, you need to change the oh. what you eat. And, and do you want to be fat? Do you want muffin top? Because like this is what we're talking about. Kids who eat yogurt and whole wheat toast, that's what happens. Pimples and weight gain, right? And they can say, well, I feel fine right now. I'll just exercise more. Sorry, that's not how it works. But here's what happens. If you give them bulletproof coffee, number one, it tastes really good and kids like it. My four year, or he's not four anymore, he's six. My six year old, my eight year old, they drink it. They started drinking it when they were one, little tiny cups. Don't worry, I didn't like over caffeinate my kids. But the first thing that happens is stable energy, freedom from blood sugar, and they should expect their skin to look better. Like they'll glow at that age when they get this kind of fat. So it tastes good. And you want them to get protein? Here's how to get protein in kids in the morning. If they drink Bulletproof coffee, you make the Bulletproof coffee and then go get some upgraded collagen and you can add a couple scoops of upgraded collagen. And they're going to get somewhere around 15 grams of collagen protein, which is entirely missing. When you're a teenager, you're still building bones and muscle. You need collagen as the the foundational building block for those tissues. So they're going to have the raw materials to grow better bodies they're going to have better looking skin. They're going to have more energy. And now I'm going to get a little bit gross here, but they'll fart less. And when you're 14, try farting in class and living that one down. <laughs> How do I know? Don't ask. Now, <laughs> I don't know if that was enough of, enough info for you, Lisa, but that's a huge thing. So they're not going to eat eggs or anything like that. They're just going to drink a cup of coffee. You cannot taste upgraded collagen in the coffee. It goes away. It's invisible. And that's that's pretty cool. I I would seriously consider just like, guys, 
for just a month, we're going to go gluten-free in our house. Exactly. And I want you to be gluten-free at school too, just for a month. Like it's a special experiment. Uh, there's a reward at the end of it. And one of the things they're going to see is profound changes in their energy levels. And they're going to see huge changes in how their skin looks. And when you're that age, man, nothing matters more than, than how you look because you're going through the, the stages of development where you're so interested in that. And it's all about your friends, all about you. And there's so much of just that stress and all. It'll go down. How do I know this? Uh, one of my uh, one of my neighbors a while back, uh, she was 16 and had problems with uh, biotoxin exposure, actually. And she had gained some weight and was having energy problems like this and was going to miss a trip to Europe because she had to quit playing soccer. She had an infection in her femur, which is really, really bad news. Yeah, they, they were getting ready to aerate her femur just to drill holes throughout it. Okay, She could lose her leg, and she's 16. And so we took her off gluten and off irritating proteins like dairy protein and casein. And I said, you know, do whatever you're doing with your doctors, but just try this. She did it for 10 days and the infection went away. And her friends were like, oh my God, your eyes are mm. glowing. Mm. Like, like they literally called out like, why are your eyes so bright white? And she healed. She was able to go on her trip. 10 days. That's how fast a 14, 16 year old person can recover. Another, one of the more touching things that actually I've come across in Bulletproof this, this family like just insisted on meeting with me uh, in, in Austin. They, they gave me a photo. I still have it somewhere. Uh, and on the back, it was like, Dave, thanks. Here's a picture of, of our family. And the entire family had gone bulletproof all at once, including a couple of teenagers. And the most touching photo was of a girl. Uh, she was 14. And there's a picture of this pimply, fat kid. And then there's a picture of her 60 days later. And she's a normal body weight clear skin, perfectly healthy girl. And I'm like, man, if someone had told me that when I was 16, yeah. I have stretch marks like all over my thighs, all over my sides. I started getting those when I was 16, mm -hmm. right? And I've got a six pack covered in stretch marks. Yeah, you know, lucky me. Uh, but that's because I didn't understand all this stuff back then. But your kids may look really healthy right now, but if they're eating that way, they're not going to be able to hold on to it and they probably don't look nearly as good as they could look. So they want to get better grades. They want to have more emotional regularity, less mood swings, better skin. Like, oh, and, and their breath won't smell as bad either. Mm. <laughs> like, all of those are true. It's a no brainer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's, that's great. Cool. Awesome. That's it for today's episode with Dr. Mark. Uh, if you love this kind of content, uh, let me know. I'll leave a review on iTunes. You might want to check out bulletprooftraininginstitute.com because Dr. Mark and I are putting together, actually, so we've already put together, we are teaching this program about how you can help people with human performance. How do you make them actually feel better? How do you make them get more energy? And it's not about reversing disease. It's not about telling people how to eat. It's telling people how to, in a structured way, how to show up more in every way you can do that biochemically, biologically, psychologically, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of them in a structured way. And we do that for you first, and then we teach you how to do it for other people. It will absolutely change your life. And I'm having a blast teaching this. And it's, it's part of my core Bulletproof mission to just make everything better. Mark, thanks for showing up at Bulletproof Labs. We'll do this again soon. Sounds like a plan. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. 
The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.